0: Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We have such a special guest today. I'm giddy, I'm giddy with excitement because what we're talking about today is menopause, the big M, the word that sends shivers through crowds of people, and yet half the population deals with it. So our guest today is Dr. Suzanne Gilbert Lentz. It's called Menopause Bootcamp. Optimize your health, empower yourself, and flourish as you age. I, I, I'm teary-eyed reading it, Doctor Suzanne. Welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you, Denise. I'm I'm
1: so thrilled to be here. What an uh, what an introduction. I no, can I bring you with me everywhere I go.
0: Everywhere, <laughs> I, and I, I'm a skill for free. I'll sit in the audience and just clap. You know, oh my goodness, I. I and people that listen to our podcast are, a lot of them are, we get 40 and 50 and 60-year-old women. It's not everybody that's retired. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's young women looking for, I think, for some guidance. Yes. I think they're looking to elders for some guidance. At least I'd like to think that. So when I got a copy of your book and I want people to know you have a still a flourishing, is that the right word? Yes. You, Driving practice in Los Angeles. You are still practicing medicine and you started these boot camps to inform women about menopause. I want you to know I read about half of it. I, I would write you a fan letter, but now I probably don't have to because I'm just going um, <laughs> to, but I will certainly <laughs> write you a give you five stars on Amazon. Oh,
1: thank you, Denise. Uh, No, I'm not. I'm
0: serious. I, I know you are. I get it. And
1: I, you know, I think some of the enthusiasm is, it sounds like it's just kind of who you are. However, I do understand where you're coming from. And that is that we've had very little out there to get excited about and very little good information. So when, when I, and that's one of the, what was one of my big motivations for, for writing this book and for doing this work, because. As you mentioned, I I'm in a practice in Beverly Hills and I remain in practice in Beverly Hills. I've been in practice for twenty two years. and I started getting much more interested in menopause. Frankly, you know, you kind of age with your patients. And you yeah. know, and I and people were just like baffled didn't know what to do. We famously do not get enough education in aging uh, it, in women's health. And menopause is a physiologic event. And so I started going searching for the information. I myself had a background that was conventional, but also uh, yoga, meditation, herbal medicine, Ayurveda specifically, which is Indian medicine, similar to Chinese medicine. I think a lot of people know it more of that, you know, but, but I have a full on uh, conventional practice that I, that I do. So I was just combining this stuff and trying to help people get through it. And I realized there was no way that I could get this information in and in a, 15 minute or five minute encounter, people needed the information. And so I created the boot camps and that's, that's where that, that's where that came from.
0: Dr. Suzanne, I know you had said to me earlier that you age with your patients, which I think is such a brilliant statement. And you've been doing this for what, 22 years. So people must have come to you all of a sudden and said, I don't know about menopause or what's happening to me or and you thank goodness. So then you were talking about integration of different types of medicine into your practice. Tell us about that. That's fantastic. That's what we need. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a very,
1: I have a, a, a larger and a deeper toolkit is like what I, how I yeah. like to describe it. So I'm, I'm conventionally based. I'm in a very conventional OBGYN practice in Beverly Hills. I was trained at Cedarside medical center. I went to USC school of medicine. Like I have all the chops and I, I practice medicine. I do surgery. I delivered babies for 22 years. I just stopped seven months ago. Like I I use Western medicine. It's a miracle, but I I felt from very early on it for my own interest in edification. I wanted to know about other cultures and how they did things. And I felt like something was a little bit missing And I'm just a very curious person. And I was myself doing yoga and meditation and found Ayurveda, which is the ancient traditional holistic medical system of India, very similar to Chinese medicine in many ways, a mind body approach. And so I start, honestly, Denise, I started studying that out of my own interest. And then I started realizing how deeply important it was to have more of that holistic approach, which doesn't exclude using Western medicine, by the way. Um, and then as I got further into my career and I had more of these issues arising like menopause, which is not a disease, it's not a pathology, <laughs> it is a physiology It's just a part of like, here's the thing. I mean, I, I feel like I'm turning into my grandmother a little bit, you know, but like you, you should be so lucky to be 50 something, you know, really like, well, said. yeah, I, like, so, so I did, didn't have the, I didn't have the training yes. formally. And, and famously, there's a lot of data out there, Denise, about how uh, physicians and specifically even women's health physicians, OBGYNs get barely any training in menopause. We do have wonderful uh, studies out there and societies, the North American menopause society amongst others where you can get training. And so I just started getting, as I said, as I aged with my patients and my patients were needing things that I didn't have, you know, it's lifelong learning. You do graduate residency and then that it's that's why it's called a practice you're, you're right. learning as you go so I but I was drawing from all of those areas yes. because the thing is it's never a one-size-fits-all it's never
0: one-size-fits-all that's and you say that in the very beginning pages of your book which is, is different for everyone it is right. different for everyone. one of the things I just have to quote because the people that listen to us will love this is that you wrote women are not guys with vaginas. (laughs) Now, (laughs) this is huge. And I do have to tell one, years ago, years ago, when I I had terrible, I had everything bad with periods. Do you know what I mean? And crazy and PMS. And before they knew it was PMS and then fibroid tumors and all that stuff. But my favorite part is I had a male gynecologist and I said to him, you know, I, when I get my period, I'd like to murder my husband. and I was serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You need a hobby. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that, that's why I want to see your book. Yes. And. Young women and all women of all ages should read your book because it's it's just plain old beneficial. That's what it is. It's great. Well,
1: thank you for saying that. I mean, I really want it to be. An, and thank you for saying younger women, because I think oh, yeah. the other thing that I've noticed is that, and, and I, I feel like it's changing a little bit too. You may have noticed this because you brought up this intergenerational thing, which is like the theme of my day today, by the way. That's a Good. big thing for me. I, I initially it was women, my age, I'm 56. Um, and so people were like, what in the hell is going on? I feel like a crazy person or whatever, some, some variety of of that statement, but I really want people to come into the process well ahead, having, having a toolkit, having, having it not be stigmatized understanding where to go for for information and support and to not be afraid of it and i will tell you that i have to say that the the cohort younger than me and the millennials the elder millennials are all about that which is really kind of great because they're coming in now i've had people come in in their 30s asking me about this book and i really i want people to understand that there's something for everybody in this book because it's all about yes preparation and a lot of it's really just kind of like uh Mindset, spiritual preparation. And then there's, yes, there's tons of practical tools in the book, but it's about understanding what it is. What are the definitions? I mean, all day, every day, people don't even know what menopause actually is. People tell are freaked it. out about hormones, yeah. whatever it is, they don't know. And that gets us to the intergenerational conversation. And I'm going to tell you a story. I know you're going to like this. Please, I What inspired this? And I, I think it's in the book was a woman who I love deeply, who's in out in the field in all sorts of ways, interviewed me. She's 20 years my, uh, my junior. She interviewed me, invited me to a public space. This is before the, the pandemic and said, I want you to come. I want to interview you about menopause. And I said, oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. So we did. And it was a really great experience. First of all, it was very well attended. It was a lot of different people, a lot of different ages. I had one couple in particular that really stuck in my mind, which was a mother-daughter team and the daughter was pregnant. And um, I, I, during the middle of the conversation, I realized, oh my goodness, we as women have lost this intergenerational conversation. We're not being prepared. Nobody's, there's silence on this matter. And so we enter into it with fear. When there is silence, there is anxiety and fear. That is no way to do any new project ever. It's a way to fail, not succeed. And that was what motivated me to start doing boot camps in real life here in LA. And then the book grew out of that. And it has been so satisfying to hear from women younger than me, older than me, because we, we need that community. We need the conversation. And then it's not so scary.
0: You know, you're bouncing ideas off of each other. That's the whole point of your podcast. That's right. Right before we were so lucky we connected with you. I had gone on Amazon to look at some menopause books now i need to tell you there was one that i bought like 20 or 30 years ago that was right. still selling and and it was the woman tried i'm not i'm not criticizing it but it 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 filled none of my questions you know it answered yeah. them yeah yeah and as simply as why do women go through menopause do you know what i mean i mean this, right. and no one talks about it people don't even want to say the word i know right. the generation is better but in my generation no one ever said a word yeah, yeah and then my mother never talked about menopause yep. and by then I was busy working or I was 50 or whatever and I didn't ask for him then she passed away yeah you know and I remember thinking to myself I wish I'd seen some signs I wish I'd understood this more yeah There was someone I trusted that would explain this to me
1: yeah yeah that's exactly right and so I'm trying to help get that conversation going again, because I I actually, look, I have the facts and I have my approach, which as I mentioned, is not one size fits all because I have a deeper and wider toolkit. I can help people first understand what they're going through and that it's again, not a disease. It's not going to kill them. It's not the end of the world unless we let it be the end of the world, okay? And that's taking back our own power and and relocating our agency within ourselves, which is a really amazing developmental uh, experience. And I think if you talk to women in this age group, and I look at women like yourself, that's actually what happens often is that people start to become more of who they are. You know, they're they're not actually sidelined. They're not doing less. They are knowing who they are and what their value is and what they bring to the table and they have wisdom and they have experience. And so if we can continue to reframe aging in general, yes, stopping so misogynist about it, like a woman who's old is just bad, right? Like, I think that's a scary thing. You think you're going to be invisible. You're not going to be vital. You're going to be uh, thrown away. All this stuff. These are, these are messages that we get in a youth obsessed culture at a certain point, you know, it's on me to not accept that narrative, but that's hard to do if I don't have information about what's happening to me, like you said, what it is, why it is, and what can I do about it? And so that, that is really what the book is about all of those things, because I just want people to feel okay about where they are. And if they don't feel okay about where they are, where can they find the help that they need? Whether it's, understanding lifestyle tweaks, whether it's understanding of hormones or for them, whether it's understanding how to decrease their risk for serious medical issues as they get older, all of those things are part of it. But if we're not talking about it, if we're silent, then we're really missing out. And if we're getting dismissed, because unfortunately we do get dismissed, a, get lot. dismissed you know, a lot you then, know, then we're really, we're nowhere, we're isolated. I had, my mom and I never talked about it either. And my mom had very 80s, 1980s, she had a hysterectomy for bleeding and fibroids, which is, you know, now in retrospect, being a gynecologist, I'm like, did she even need any of that? I don't know. Yeah. And, it, and, and they took her ovaries out at that time. And she was like in her mid forties and it changed her whole life and her health and her body. And then she had a hysterectomy. So I, I never even asked her, like, I was like, well, I have no idea when I'm going to go through menopause. Like yeah. I'm like, I have a menopause expert and a gynecologist and I never asked her. And I remember when I started working on the book, um, I, I said to her something like, well, I don't know what to expect, you know, because of your, what happened with you? And she said to me, oh, but grandma, grandma E, her mom, she had her period till she was 55. And I was like, what? Are you not, what? Yes. And she said, but this is very typical of that generation too. I said, I, she said, you never
0: asked. <laughs> that, you mom. Know? You never told me this. She said, but you never asked me. Do you know what that? My mother, she told us important things. I don't want to, she said things. But six months after I got married the first time, we were in college. My husband was a dental student. I was the sole support then, blah, blah, blah. But I called up my mother. I said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me what the marriage was about more or what? the responsibility I was taking on or some sort of counseling and she said to me Denise I have three daughters I, you you all had to move out you couldn't stay at home and I and she meant wow. it like, you know and I remember yeah. them thinking well she has a point okay and yeah. I ask, I didn't ask and I think that's what we're really talking about is that all women regardless of your age we have to as you say empower ourselves we have to ask
1: yeah we really do and i hope that this book gives people permission to ask i mean something that we're going to do a deeper dive into in our next conversation is incontinence and that's another classic one where people do not ask they're ashamed it's similar to menopause yes. and of course it increases with menopause where people are ashamed they're afraid and then they don't ask and then if if you If you talk specifically about the healthcare experience, if I don't have the information as the physician or I don't have the time because I've got to see, you know, 30 patients today, it's not the conversation's not going to happen. And then, you know, you're out in the wild or on the socials. And of course, I'm on the socials, too. But the thing is that it's very hard for people to um, understand the information that's coming at them and how to assess the quality of the information that's coming at them. So these kinds of conversations, you know, between me and you are really important because people are coming to you, understanding the integrity that you're bringing to a conversation. I have, you know, lots of training and experience, and these are the conversations that make me feel really gratified because I know that people are going to listen to this and they're going to benefit from it in their own personal life. And then that has a huge benefit in their whole community we don't realize how much impact
0: we have. We have a you lot don't. of impact, and it's so with social media. Yes, it's very easy. You can have a, you can start a your menopause boot camp a private Facebook group with ten of your best friends and share information. Exactly. I like talking about that that everyone has different symptoms because I know I think I started I had premenopausal symptoms I was like 10 years before the whole thing you know that's average
1: actually that's the average that's average time yeah
0: and you know one of the things seriously why do women go through menopause
1: (laughs) well that's a great question and I don't think anybody can answer that I mean we are definitely genetically pre-programmed to do so And it appears that um, whales are as well, which is pretty interesting. And we do see in the sort of evolutionary biology um, area that the idea here is we can't know for sure why, but we do see something called the grandmother effect, where when you have older females that are no longer reproducing, so they don't, the, the message here is they don't need that energy to reproduce anymore. They can put energy into Uh, child rearing uh, support of the community or the family. And actually it's going to benefit that that tribe because there's going to be survival benefit by having other adults available who also have been alive longer and have more experience. It's super, super interesting. Now, do we know this for a fact? We don't know for a fact, but that is the theory. And it certainly makes sense to me. And I think if you look at the way humans may have been evolved to live versus how we live Um, that this is an area of great need we really do need to be listening to our elders there's when we are getting the message and giving the message that this is not interesting or valid we're missing out on a lot of a lot of information that's not just like critical for survival but but well, fun is critical for survival. Like a sense of humor, have, yeah. having having resilience, you know, having a sense of proportion about really what is an emergency and what is not an emergency, you know. And I think those of us who have been lucky enough to have older relatives, and specifically older women, whether they're aunties or you know other neighbors or a grandmother, I think those of us who had those really influential relationships when we're younger. Um, can really model that. And I mean, it's crazy to me that I'm even saying that to you now, but I see, I see my role evolving in that way in a lot of aspects of my life. And it's really, really wonderful. Also for me, it keeps me current and young and learning and growing when I'm in communication with people who are younger than me, Um, whether it's my kids or my colleagues, you know, that's, I was thinking about it this morning because I had a call with somebody else and. And I was thinking, I have a lot of like close people in my life who are a good twenty years younger than me, and they keep me on my toes. You know, yes. it's fun.
0: Yes, I, I know this. When all of a sudden I was finally free, is what I call when I was finished. I kept saying to my husband, "I'm free, and yeah. I can beautiful sheets, and I never <laughs> have to worry." About an embarrassment again. Yeah. And I didn't feel, I know some people think, oh, I'm old or I'm shriveled or I'm this or that. Uh-uh, I'm free.
1: Yeah. That's a really common one. And I, I see myself evolving into that as well. It's really, really interesting. I think one of the things that's really hard: look, the transition is really tough. So yeah. you said you had a decade. I mean, it's yeah. not just all the like, uh, sitcom moment, you know, like hot flashes and embarrassment and that stuff, which is, it can be rough for people physically. But I think that the emotional aspects of, of grieving who you were for such a long period of time, you know, those of us that menstruate our our sense of ourself is really regulated in many ways by that experience, you know, as a gynecologist, the menstrual cycle is not just the bleed, but everything leading up to it. The hormonal shifts, the changes in our body. We learn to read ourselves. Oh, okay. Do I really want to divorce this person? Or is it just that my period's coming in three days? You know, and I'll tell you something, I'm in a long-term relationship post-marriage and very early on, this guy said to me, it was probably like a couple months in and I was picking a fight. And he said to me very gently, honey, is is it maybe your periods coming? <laughs> I knew I knew he was my man, um, and House and I part. was like,
0: oh my god, yes. You're still wrong, but you know, our <laughs> <art>. my <laughs> say to me, you wake up, Gidget, and you go to bed, Joan Crawford. <laughs> And I remember thinking, hmm, yeah, that's a point, because by the end of the day, I was so worn out and tired and the changes and the hot flashes and,
1: yeah, yeah. you
0: know, just- and When and-
1: we know ourselves that way for so long and then it's haywire and there's no way to read it, that's pretty discombobulating. And then, yes, Denise, you get to the liberation where you're no longer tied to that. And you get to, your energy is really directed in a very different way. It's directed inward toward understanding who you are, if you want and choose to be like you and I are both doing this. It is directed outward toward helping other people, toward sharing our gifts, toward having these conversations. It's really awesome. And and, and you aren't so concerned with some of the things that really very, very physically uh, and in a very real way, bind you to your body that, that you can't control, you know, so I'm not here to say that menstruation is terrible because, you know, for some people it is very hard, but it's a really, really interesting experience and it doesn't need to be feared. It doesn't need to be feared. That's the big take home, you know,
0: when women, younger women say to me things, what are, can, do you want to just tell us a few common symptoms of women when they're entering menopause? Because sometimes I've had friends, young. We had a, Cindy and I had young interns come to work with us in my test kitchen. So sometimes, but they were, th- some were 35, 36, some were 40. And they would mention something, and I didn't want to frighten them. Do you know what I, I
1: mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah totally.
0: But I'd say, you know, you never know that, that you could be in premenopause with that. Or, right, right. you know, uh, I had worked with talent. <laughs> sometimes in TV shows that were younger and also they'd lied about their age. They oh, didn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and God, they weren't going to talk about something like that, but they were sweating profusely and I knew it wasn't sweat. I knew it was, they were having hot flashes. Yeah. So and, that's kind of the classic one. Yeah. It's the hard one. And I think it's hard not only because it's uncomfortable,
1: but you just named a really big reason why it's hard. It is like an outward, um, indicator to yeah. everybody around you that something is different and that makes it worse, right? Cause you know, that if you're triggered, you're anxious, you're nervous, you're scared, that's going to bring the hot flash even further to the forefront. And it's just so, it's just so uncomfortable and embarrassing. So hot flashes are definitely, I think the most identifiable perimenopause or menopausal symptom of us or more are gonna have hot flashes. Some people it's very short lived, some people they're up all night and it's going on for more than a decade. And there's data actually, which is kind of crazy that even into their seventies, probably about eight or 9% of women will continue to have hot flashes. Generally not severe and disruptive, but they can have them intermittently. So hot flashes, vasomotor symptoms, we don't even understand why they happen. It has to do with a little area of the brain called the thermoregulatory center. It's like your thermostat and the set point changes. Yeah. And you know, there, there are things you can do about it. So we can, we'll talk about problems. And if you want, we can talk a little bit about solutions. Please. Um, Please. Mood changes, mood changes. Oh, yeah. And I think you see a big uptick specifically in anxiety and panic. I myself started having that. And I never really even had, I never really had PMS until my 30s. So PMS would be the premenstrual symptoms. A couple of days before your cycle, maybe you get a little moody, your breast tenderness, fatigue. not just feeling a little funky, but again, you know, Oh, you know what? I'm going to get my period in five days. This is going away. Well, as your hormonal cycle starts to shift and change and become less predictable, another big one, less predictable periods, people can have PMS symptoms from ovulation until they have a period. Maybe that's 10 days, maybe that's 40 days. And it just goes on and on and on. And the lack of relief, is really brutal and can cause a lot of problems for people. They may not understand, and they may be misdiagnosed with, you know, autoimmune problems, which are more common in women, uh, with depression and anxiety. Which, you know, does it matter if this is depression or anxiety or PMS or perimenopause? I don't know. What matters is that you get treatment and that you get relief. Um, so I think those are the big ones. I mean, we do see incontinence is more common in women in general, but Specifically in menopause, we can see an uptick in urinary changes, irritative symptoms, feeling like they have urinary tract infections. And this is because they're getting a change in the vaginal tissue. There's less estrogen in the vaginal tissue. And what people may not know is that the urinary tract is also uh, supported by estrogen. And so as we are losing estrogen, yeah, and we can have vaginal dryness and sexual pain, but also we can have an increase in the sensation of irritation, overactive bladder, incontinence. And these are all things that nobody wants to talk about. So no. it's like the perfect storm. People don't <laughs> want to admit they're getting older. People don't know where to get the help. And then they're not reaching for the right, uh, the right assistance. So again, this book, if nothing else is myth busting. And then I try to really offer a lot of solutions. And as I mentioned, because I have medical training and I have holistic training, I I really offer a variety of things from supplements and lifestyle and herbs, which I try to give the best data possible. I mean, you know, to hormones, people shouldn't be afraid of hormones. Hormone therapy can be a game changer for the right person. It's not evil.
0: I went to a wellness center in Los Angeles because it's my husband's best friend. Who's the doctor. Uh And you know, I had blood tests and he said to me, We'll try some bioidentical hormones, Denise. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I took them for about five or six years. I feel like they got me through the worst of yeah. that. Now, one or two new gynecologists that I'd gone to and a female said to me, Oh, I wouldn't stay on them too long. And I, I studied, I, I did some research and I understand that people, the minute I would say I'm on bioidenticals, people would scream out, you're going to get breast cancer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really terrible. The lack of education though. That's really not a hundred percent true at all. Yeah.
0: So I, but I'm good. I get my mammogram every I'm careful. I I'm careful. So, but I have to tell you, for me, those five, maybe it was five or six years, they were bioidentical creams, you know, just creams. Mm -hmm. Um, It made all the difference. I felt like it helped me. And then one day I said to my husband, I don't think I need these anymore. And it was before that this was in my sixties. I said, I'm done. I don't need to take this anymore. I did find out and you address this in your book, which is. Another thing about thyroid in women, thyroid issues, I probably had thyroid problems for 20 years and it wasn't detected. And I knew it, but I found the best doctor in the whole world here in Ventura who does just that. That's all she does is women's endocrinology and thyroid. But when I first got to her, this was a couple of years ago, she said to me, you have Hashimoto's. I said, okay, Mm -hmm. I, I assume that and blah, blah, blah. But then the best part was she said, how'd you get out of bed every morning? I said, "Sure determination,
1: right? I mean, it says a lot about us because I
0: loved my job and I loved my work and I was going to do it. So women are so much tougher and stronger than we ever think we are. But there has to be a limit to that
1: too, you know, because for us to be burning ourselves out, is just not, it's not sustainable and it's not fair. And I think the other thing that I want to be careful with here, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's funny. That's like, I, I think we're more similar than we realize. Like I always like a little funny story. Um, one of my partners, my, my partners have been so supportive about this process in the book and the boot camp and everything. One of my partners said to me the other day, I have to tell you a funny story. He had a little thing up in his office about the book and uh, you know, pre-order, oh. blah, blah, blah. And the his patient was reading it and she was like, Oh my God, I need this. And then she got to the end where I said something about like it's a joyous journey. She was like, screw her (laughs) (laughs) that's not joyous (laughs) but i'm gonna buy the book anyways so but but the thing the thing is it why are we putting so much pressure on ourselves to constantly be performing it's actually not and i do this is the other thing that i think is interesting about this group that's younger than than me you know they're a little bit less about like hey let me perform (laughs) they're like they're like what about me which is I think healthy. And I'll tell you something when I look at the data. So I read something just this morning about what's the optimal way to exercise, okay? I get this question a lot. What's the optimal way to exercise? Part of it depends on what study you read. Part of it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But it's interesting, they looked at this is women in their sixties and above. And they were looking at whether or not um, for maintenance and uh, muscle building, which is of course, very important to stay strong, to stay flexible, to prevent that fall. So you don't have the hip fracture, right? Um, And they were also looking at weight maintenance, which is another huge thing. Oh my God, third rail gaining weight. People get very upset about that. And it turned out they looked at that they had women exercise uh, like weight training once a week, cardio once a week. Weight training and cardio twice a week age, weight training and cardio three times a week age, mm-hmm. and it turns out the middle way was the best. The people who did two times a week of cardio and two times a week of of weight training actually not only first of all the the muscle building was the same across all three strategies. So interesting.
0: Wow. Weight
1: weight and well being was best in the middle. Why? Because when you overdo it, you overdo it. We know this. Do we need a study to tell us that overdoing it is not a good idea? Apparently we do. And I see this all the time, by the way, in the literature. And I feel like the book is a little bit of a response to this because it's like, okay, common sense, folks. You know that if you push too hard, Denise, you could have only done what you were doing for so long because you're going to make yourself sick. That's right. Sustain it. And you're going to injure yourself. You need to recover. So if if we're looking at exercise or how we're living our lives, if we're constantly giving, 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 and we're never replenishing that, you know, I guess you're a martyr, which in my culture, sometimes is highly prized as a woman.
0: (laughs) In Italian culture, Italian Catholics too.
1: (laughs) We are the same. We are the same. We know this, but I knew that we know that. So, but is
0: that really the best way to be? Not really, not really. So it's moderation. It is. You know what? My mother used to always say everything in moderation. Actually, there were times in my life I wanted to slug her when she'd say that. Do you know what I mean? I thought, ah. And the reason why, she was highly successful by living by that way. Do you know what I mean? She mm-hmm. was, ah. Now, if you were could give just, and I know this is difficult because there's so much information, but for those ladies and gentlemen we get men too which i think would men should read your book because it's yes. out there during the time with during with their spouse during this time understand or their sister or their boss or their, or their daughter sister.
1: or their neighbor yes. i mean you know whatever i mean yeah they're, try- <laughs> they're trying the best they can
0: <laughs> What besides reading your book besides i know that even if it's minimal, any sort of movement of your body is good for you. I worked. this is my, always my joke, but I worked with a whole bunch of fitness gurus. But the best one I worked with of thousands was Richard Simmons, who would just say, eat less, move more. Denise, eat less, eat less, move more. Well, you know what? Yeah. That's as you just said, you know, it's only a billion dollar weight loss industry out there. And you know what? Mm eat less move more. no totally that's a hundred percent true I my partner is a former
1: bodybuilder and I finally decided to listen to him good and yeah. it,
0: it's guess what he's right <laughs> what are just a couple of tips or things that you might say to someone that comes into your practice besides reading your book um, what, what would you say to them when they come in and say, I'm in menopause, I feel terrible, or I'm crabby, or I, I can't sleep, you know, the other yeah, one. I th- well, that's actually oh. what I was going to bring up. Okay, oh, we don't,
1: the first thing that I do with most of my new patients who are really having a hard time is I really am interested in their sleep. And if people don't clean up their sleep, nothing is going to get better there's again, no silver bullet here. And sleep is really elusive. And unfortunately, a lot of what we're doing in the way we live right now, the screen time, the constant availability, this is the worst thing you can do. And everybody knows this. And it's so funny. I had a conversation with somebody again last week and I said, but really, are you putting your phone down and turning the TV off 60 minutes before you try to go to sleep? Because I know, you know, to do that, but you're not doing that, are you? And she said, no. And I said, well, if you really, really want to improve your sleep, you really, really have to do that, you know? So the other thing is I think accepting the sleep that you have, because one of the things that I see is that there is this disruption and some of it's aging men get it too. We have a decrease in vasopressin, which is literally what keeps us asleep. So we don't have to get up and pee and that decreases. And we all get up to pee in the middle of the night now. Yep. So I think if we can deal with the, you know, Four to five hour chunks, then and, and not give get up in our head when we do wake up, we're going to do a lot better. Being perfectionists or attempting to be a perfectionist is one of the most spiritually harmful practices anybody can take on. It's really bad for you, it's bad for your health. So if you so get well, up and pee and you now you're like, God damn it, I'm not going to go back to sleep, and I'm staring at the clock, and now let me just go on Instagram or answer five emails, come on now. That's not the way to do it. Get it now. Listen to the rain falling. I don't know what works for you. Listen, I'm a big fan of cannabis-based products for the right people. They can be helpful. It's a little Absolutely. bit of the wild west, but um, you know, basic stuff. So actually the, the thing that I'd like to start with with anything else is cleaning up sleep. And the reason is not just that sleep is so important, Denise but it's like a window into the rest of the way you're kind of living your life and your attitude about yourself. And I find it so, uh, so helpful to have that conversation because I learn a lot about what's going on with you. And I think if we can gain insight into our own ways of looking at ourselves and being in the world, we can be more aware and be more present. And in the end, isn't that really what it's about? Like just trying to be here
0: for whatever we got? It's, you know, these are all things. Uh, in our society, I just think, and I read much of this in your book and it's so excellent. We aren't taught to stay in the moment. We are not no. present. We are, at least in my, I'm speaking, I know I'm generalizing, but I just see it and I see it in TV shows and I see it in other books that I've read or the way everyone's looking for the next kick or high or paycheck or meal or whatever. So seldom. And I grew up this way as Italians. We were eating lunch and my mother was telling us what we were having for dinner. And (laughs) my whole life, my husband says to me now, I go, well, if we go to Paris next March, the restaurant that I, and then he says to me, what are you having for lunch, honey? And he makes, (laughs) because Instead of just saying, I had a lovely turkey sandwich right now in my home today, I'm planning meals six months from now. And then I'm not enjoying the turkey sandwich I'm having today. A hundred percent. But the fact that you can
1: have some insight into that is so huge. I'm like, so
0: right there with you, sister. (laughs) And of course there has been One or two excellent therapists along the way. Yes, there you go. That will me too. lots of that, you know, so helpful when people say you're so wise about that. I said, honey, I went to the best therapist in Beverly Hills. (laughs) You're looking at the loaf of bread after she's baked. I'm hoping it's, you know, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Dr. Suzanne is coming back to do a second podcast with us, and it's going to be on incontinence, which is a hard word for people to even say. Yes. (laughs) But I'm so aware of it because I have had to use pee-pee pads for years now, and... And I'm grateful they're there. There you go. Dr. Suzanne, I cannot thank you enough. Is there anything you want to close with a question that I didn't ask you? All I can say is you've done a great service to all women because, you know, and this is, of course, where women are still, I sometimes when people say we haven't gotten very far, which I, you know, this and that. I said, we only got the boat 100 years ago. I mean, for God's sake. We were chatteled for most of our lives. We have to be, look at the future and what we can accomplish, but, you know, be grateful. I'm grateful. I love that.
1: I love ending on that. I mean, that's actually one of the things I'd like to say is that even through the challenges of this, the resilience that I think that I've built for my own self personally um, is so wonderful. And, and my, my great honor and gift to be able to share this with people is where I'm coming from. Doesn't mean I like it all or all of it's been fun. I mean, that's ridiculous. What what is that? That's not what life is. No. However, I'm definitely a lemonade girl, you know, and um and this book came out of some lemons, some big lemons. Some big lemons. Yeah. And and it is lemonade, you know? So it's a little sweet. It's a little tart and I I I feel like I'm very, I'm really excited to talk to you. This has been so, so fun. But if people want to continue the conversation, find me on my website, find me on my socials. I'm sure you guys will tag it. Pre-order the book, order the book, enjoy it. And also know that if this speaks to you, menopause bootcamp is coming to you because I'm helping to develop a certification program so that people can create their own menopause bootcamps. Because I feel really strongly about the grassroots community-based uh, way of, of making change. I think that is the best way for us to do it. And when we are in community, even just us talking here, this makes a huge, huge difference. So you can imagine what you can do in your own little community, in your own family, just having these conversations to support each other, share information and tailor it to what works for you guys. You know, I don't know what's yeah. best for you. You know, it's best for you.
0: We have been talking today to Dr. Suzanne Gilbert-Lutz. Menopause Bootcamp, optimize your health, empower yourself and flourish as you age. Well, you are just a woman, not even beyond a certain age, but just smart. That's what you are because you're still a youngster. thank Thank you so much, anyone the people that are listening our listeners and we have some devoted listeners and we're always thrilled when we get some new listeners if you want to reach out to me or cindy it's women at icloud.com many people now i know with this one people don't always want to leave a message with their name on it because you know people are private but if you have any private questions you want to ask us, please do. And also, as Cindy does every time, we will put up information, all the information in the socials for Dr. Suzanne so you can reach out to her. Thank you. I'm looking forward to um, reading more of your book. I didn't get to read all of it yet. And I'm telling you, it helped me and I have, you know, and it's been a few years since I've been out of menopause and yet it's still helping me.
1: That's great to hear. Thank you so much for having My, me, Denise.
0: Thank you, Cindy, for keeping the train on the tracks as she does every single week and wishing you all the best. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. is it keeping that